we are hoping to show you just what is possible out there in our strange and wondrous world. One of the dogs started to howl. Almost immediately, all 400 dogs that were there started to howl along with it. We travel for business. We travel for pleasure. The conditions can change so quickly and it became very challenging to maneuver that kayak. We travel to expand our minds. Of course, the most dangerous animal in Africa is the hippo. More people are killed by hippos than anything else. Whether it's one state over. I was looking for a longer treatment, like 90 days, six months, and my treatment plan was to go hike the Appalachian Trail. Or halfway around the globe this fantastic high desert. You watch the sky at night, so you just see the Milky Way and shooting stars. If the world's a book, why only read one page? I'm Elizabeth Hill, and you're listening to a WAMC Northeast Public Radio production. This is Postcards from the Road. Support for Postcards from the Road comes from CEFQ, serving banking, insurance, and investment needs with more than 30 branches across the greater capital region. Also offering assistance to local nonprofit organizations through CEFQ's community support program. CEFQ, changing lives every day. CEFQ.com. 63-year-old Rick Reed is a retired postmaster and hiking enthusiast. Born and raised in New York's North Country, he grew up around the Adirondack High Peaks. And in 1980, he completed his first peak, Mount Marcy. However, it wasn't until he became a postmaster in West Stockholm, 17 years later, that Reed decided to become an Adirondack 46er. I bumped into a gentleman there, one of my customers, Jim Bullard. He was working on his 46 and invited me to go on his finish when he finished on Whiteface, but I wasn't able to go with him. And uh, after he became a 46er, he adopted a lean-to, feldspar lean-to on the backside of Colden, yep. Mount Colden. And so he invited me to go with him on the lean-to cleanups. And then um, one day in uh, August of 97, they did an anniversary hike for Grace Hudowalski. It was their 60th anniversary of hiking all of the 46 high peaks. Jim and his friend Mimi Moulton who was also a 46er, invited me to go with them uh, and hike Skylight. What they did is had a present-day 46er on every 46 high peak to celebrate her anniversary. Yes. Uh, Grace was just a phenomenal lady. She was a historian for the 46ers. She was the first woman 46er. Her number was nine. Her husband, was uh, Ed, was number six. So we did that hike, and that really got me started. They had a gathering at Boulders, which was Grace's uh, summer place. I was actually able to have my picture taken with her, and that, so it was uh, quite a highlight. They've actually named one of the high peaks in her honor. They they named East Dix Grace Peak now. That's how I kind of got started and then just kept going from there. Did you have any hiking experience? Did you train at all for it? Or did you just kind of jump in the deep end? Well, yep. Growing up as a youngster, my twin brother and I were in Cub Scouts and Boy Scouts. Actually did the 50-miler, which is basically now the Cranberry Lake 50. Did that when we were about 12 or 13 years old, I guess. Yep, carrying a pack basket, actually. (laughs) (laughs) Old school stuff. 
But to get ready for uh, the lean-to hikes, because I had no idea what it was, I actually, because I lived in Canton at that point, I used to go over to Canton College and carry my pack. I used to, believe it or not, we had encyclopedias back then, (laughs) and I used to put about eight encyclopedias, eight or ten of them in my pack, and the campus has a lot of hills, and I used to go up and down the hills and around the whole campus, going up and down the hills. So you weren't you so, weren't fooling around. Uh, no, I wanted to be ready. I didn't <laughs> want to be the uh, tagging along. I wanted to make sure I wasn't going to be the the weak link, I guess you could say. And at that point, I had been a city carrier in Canton for ten years, delivering house to house, and I walked eight to ten miles a day. Plus, I was a runner, so I was running three to six miles a day after that, and then had three boys, too, so. Oh, wow. <laughs> they had you busy. busy. Yeah. <laughs> yes, that's right. <laughs> that's right. I've wow. done six peaks at this point, and I okay. I had hiked, but I hadn't hiked. And right. um, <laughs> I think it was the second peak that I did was Whiteface. And okay. my fiancé and I, we packed up two bags. We had our camel back, and we ended up yeah. running out of water about a mile oh from the top of Whiteface. Wow. <laughs> so yeah. have you had any of those experiences where you, you're on the trail and you just realize, maybe I could have done this a little differently and my, my time on the trail would have been easier? Um, uh, actually, no. <laughs> For me, I, I, I've been pretty well prepared all the times. I carried a water filter early on when we did the lean-to cleanups because actually we stayed overnight because the hike was about, I don't know, somewhere 14 to 15 miles round trip. So we would go in and, and do the cleanup and then stay over and then come out the next day. So to have enough water, I had a, a water filter pump and stuff. After that, all of my hikes were day hikes, and I just I don't know. It seemed that carrying what I had worked worked fine. I never had any problems. When I started hiking with my second hiking buddy, Dave Allen, I was postmaster in Madrid at the time, and he was my real carrier. And he'd done some fire tower hikes, but never anything big. Well, we decided to do the Rocky Peak Ridge Giant through hike. Oh, wow. And it's the most elevation gain of the peaks because there's so many ups and downs and Dave wasn't really ready and we didn't know each other that well so he wasn't really taking any of my supplies (laughs) (laughs) I did help him out a little bit but he remembers very well of how poorly he felt when we finished and uh, you know luckily he had a juice in the car when we got back but from that day, you know, you learn pretty quickly. <laughs> yeah. It's better to carry it out than not have it, you know. <laughs> I <laughs> ate the best yes. Cumbies sub at the top of Whiteface. Oh, the best, right? best gas station sub I've ever eaten in my life. <laughs> That's wonderful. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah, we eat pretty well when we finish, I will say that. Yeah, we, so. um, we actually talked to one of our friends who was in the military and what okay. they did was grind salt into their camelbacks okay. as a sort of replacement for the, the nourishment that you're, you're sweating out. And the salt actually made it so we weren't as thirsty. So now we do it every time we go because yeah, yeah. carry less water and stay yeah. hydrated at the same time. It's a win-win yeah. when you're hiking those high peaks. 
That's exactly right. Yeah. No, that's that's good advice. And that's the thing that you find on the trail too is that even I mean that was a friend, you know, from military, but there's so many little tidbits of information you get. Like using the hiking sticks. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I I'll I remember distinctly the first time a uh, gentleman when we did a lean-to cleanup, there were two guys and one of them was using the hiking sticks. And he said, I forget, it's like 45 or 50% of the pressure is taken off your knees by using that, especially coming down. And from then on, I, I've used a hiking stick. You know, just one, I can't double pull. They call it. That's yeah. what I call it, double pull. And I just, I'm not comfortable with that yet. But you do gain a lot of knowledge just from being out there, too. And it's, uh, the interesting thing is, is getting ready for the hikes. It's like going to Marcy. It's not just a hike on the trail. Right. I mean, you're you're hop. You know now. You're hopping rocks and climbing over and under, and it's it's quite a workout. You got to be prepared. That's for sure. Yeah, I will never forget almost to the top of Cascade, which was the first oh. peak I ever did, and okay. it's just like a forty-foot rock face. That's, that's right. It's got a, a <laughs> decent angle to it, so you can climb right. up it comfortably. But I was like. This oh, this boy. is the easiest peak? All right. All right. <laughs> yes. Oh, I know. I know. Yeah, it's it's quite interesting. So, actually as as you talk about that, the third 46 that I climbed was Colden. And we had gone in, Jim and I had gone in to do a lean-to clean-up, and it was early enough. He says, "Well, you want to do Colden?" I said, "Well, sure. That sounds great." Yeah. So, we came back down and actually we climbed the slide. I had new boots. Yeah. I bought in uh, quite expensive, but they were a Solos, Vibram Bottoms, mm-hmm. and that hike was in '97, uh, and I'm I'm still hiking with those boots today. What yeah. was the most challenging hike for you? Hmm. Boy, oh boy, that's a good question. I was. Uh, oh boy, most challenging. I don't. I'll go with Allen. It wasn't okay. really challenging, but it's the distance. The bridge was out the time that I at the time that I did it. Oh, okay. And in '08, and it was October 5th of '08. I did it, and we had to cross. Uh, there's a river there, kind of like. Yeah. And uh, so we took our shoes off and rolled up our pants and walked across on the stones, and the water was freezing. Oh, and, God! Oh, in October, yeah. yeah. And actually, when we got to uh, top of Allen, it was uh, there was about three inches of snow there. That sticks out in my mind about that. But challenging, I, I don't know. I guess I guess I seem to be pretty well prepared for all of them. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. And yeah. do you think that's because you you travel with other hikers, who um, some of them had more experience than you, or do you do you just yes. think that's your your nature is to do your um, research and be prepared? It's a little bit of both. As I mentioned earlier that, you know, being a Boy Scout, you know, on the motto, be prepared. And I've been like that my whole life, trying to be prepared and think ahead. And so I think part of it was that, but being with somebody also makes a difference. Uh, Because, you you know, you talk about the different things about being ready for this or that. and, And then the experiences of doing them. Like you learning about the salt and the water, you just learn a little bit as you go, and and carry an extra pair of socks or this and that, you know, so you're ready just in case, and and those kind of things. 
What do you take in your pack? Extra clothes, extra socks, the first aid kit. Usually it's just two bottles of water, you okay. know, the, the Nalgene bottles. And depending on the hike, maybe a, an extra water bottle. Mostly peanut butter and jelly sandwiches and the granola bar type things. It's a pretty good pack. I mean, I carry everything from nail files, nail clippers. Yeah. Um, you know, I really <laughs> I try to be ready for anything that might happen. Knee braces, ace bandages. One thing that it is is I want to be ready for somebody else. Yeah. You know, if they need that knee brace, here you go. You know, if you need me to wrap your thing because you sprained your ankle, I've got a nice bandage and I can do that for you, you know. So I plan not just for me, but for other people too. So, And luckily, I really have never had to use much. This is completely off topic. So Scott and I, my fiance and I, we use a phone app called All Trails when we go hiking. Yes. Do you think that that allows people to bite off more than they chew? They can chew? Well, I think it can happen, yes. It's different for everybody. I mean, I think that some people will visit with somebody and try to read research and and find out a little bit first. Mm -hmm. And then there may be others that just say, okay, I'm going to go take a hike on Cascade. You know, I've read about this or that or go try to go climb Marcy. Yeah. I mean, I mean, climbing Marcy for somebody who's never done any hiking is not a good idea. No, no, it's not. <laughs> I mean, they need to look at the mileage. And, and again, as I mentioned about the boulders and, you know, what you walk on, it's, it's not like walking on a trail. Yeah. Dave and I, my friend Dave, uh, we took a trip to Glacier National Park in 14, and we hiked hike trails in Glacier National Park. When we got back, we went and did a lean-to cleanup with our friend Jim, and we're just walking down the little trail and just signing up, just going to where we signed in at the trailhead. We walked over more boulders than we did at Glacier. (laughs) It's a big, big difference. I think the app is good in its own way, um, but... uh, I'm not sure. (laughs) I'm I'm a little reserved on him, I guess. (laughs) What was the last peak that you hiked? I finished on Whiteface. And the reason I did that was Jim uh, had finished on Whiteface. Mm -hmm. So I, I finished there to honor him for finishing there also and getting me involved. So that's how, how I happened to choose Whiteface. But the last one I did recently is Big Slide. I did that last year. It was the first peak that my twin brother and I did uh, as he was trying to become a 46er. Yeah. We actually had done Algonquin in August of 02, mm-hmm. and uh, we we didn't hike another peak together until uh, 2013. And uh, he, he he happened to pick Big Slide to do, and that was the one we did with him. And then he tragically passed away three I'm years so ago in September. And so when my sister was home from Florida, she wanted to, to do a peek. And so we went to Big Slide, Ron's first one that he picked to do that. So 
Yep. So it was a beautiful thing. It was yeah. Beautiful, that's a beautiful mountain. You'll love that one. Too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, did I hear you say that all of your hikes have been day hikes? Almost all of them, yes. My first ones, I can, I'm trying to have my book in front of me. So Skylight was day. Colden was overnight. Gray was overnight because I did a lean-to cleanup. So, yeah, probably four or five, six of them, half a dozen of them I did as overnights just because they were lean-to cleanups or the Dick's range that I did. We just, Jim and I, decided to do it as an overnight as it happened. Yeah. But my friend Dave, his were all-day hikes. Oh, wow. when we did the anniversary hike on Skylight for Grace, I was probably up and met Jim by, oh, golly, 4.30, maybe earlier. Yeah. And we were on top by noon and then down, and then we had to drive to Boulder, so we got there. And home, I got home at 2 o'clock in the morning that morning. Oh, jeez. And, and got up and went to work the next day. <laughs> <laughs> Some of them are longer days, but they're so energizing that you don't even think about it yeah you know it's it's so so great especially if you get on those ranges where you're just like scott and i were only planning on doing upper and lower wolf jaw and then a mile and a half more is armstrong right and he had to talk me out of the additional i believe mile it was to gothics right but once you get on those ranges you could just go for miles yes it's very tempting and that is the one thing that Jim, Dave, and I, that's what's great about hiking with them. We all have the same philosophy. It's safety first yeah. and whatever is the best. When Dave and I did Haystack, we we went over a little Haystack and we're getting ready to go down and it looks like it's just going to drop right off. Mm-hmm. And it's right there in front of you, Haystack is. And I said, Dave, if you're not comfortable, this isn't right, and then, then we'll just, we won't. We'll come up with something else. Yeah. Well, we saw somebody else coming off of the peak, so I said, well, let me check. So we went and checked, and it, it ended up, it had a, a bunch of switchbacks. So it wasn't like going straight down, there were switchbacks. Yeah. So, so it was very doable, and uh, and again, that's what's nice with hiking with somebody. You can talk it over, right? you know, and some of the trailless peaks or whatever back when there were a lot of herd pass faults uh, regular trails and so if you're hiking with two people you know you could go part way and then say no this is you know dead end and then come back and then go down the other one so right. yeah i only hiked one by myself i did giant alone and it was kind of nice being able to go whatever pace i wanted to but you don't have it to share with anybody and right. that's the whole for me that's the whole big part of it you know it's it's just fun being and sharing sharing it with somebody i but, enjoy the people that you run into i know you mentioned the tidbits oh, yes. of information but my goodness oh yeah there are there are people from all walks some people oh, are, are just taking a lackadaisical stroll through the woods and yes. other people are we need to get to the top of this mountain. Nobody passes us on the trail. That's right. That's that's exactly right. Yeah, they were wearing the trail runners, you know, and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. Again, it's, <clears throat> excuse me, each person has their own why they do, yeah. you know, or where they go or whatever. Dave, Jim, and I have a hard time understanding how they can savor the flavor. <laughs> yeah. We ran into this intense dad is what we like to call them. 
he was there with his wife and his three children, and oh his children, probably preteens, early teens. One of the girls was like, "I need to stop and have a drink," and the dad just looks at her and goes, "No one passes us on the trail." Oh my. Get up the mountain. Yeah, I was like, oh. my goodness, we're going to find those guys on the side of the trail. The dad's just going to leave them behind. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> wow. That's incredible. And what we find now, Liz, is with Dave, Jim, and I being 46ers, we've continued to hike. Yeah. But we're not doing really doing high peaks anymore. We're trying to stay off the trails, I guess you could say. And there's so many that are out there. Dave, Jim, and I just finished a hike to um, Big Crow down okay. in Keene. Yeah. Young lady, if you get a chance to go to Big Crow, it is just so gorgeous. We were there on the Friday it was, and the leaves. We spent two and a half hours on the summit. We savored the flavor. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yep. The other interesting fact or point about that part, when we came down, there were three cars parked side by side by side. All three cars had 46er stickers in the window, which means Dave, Jim, and I were there, and there was at least two other people that were 46ers that weren't on a high peak. We were taking advantage of the other ones rather than hiking the peaks. I found that quite interesting. I thought that was an interesting thing. (laughs) (laughs) What was your most enjoyable hike up there on a peak? There isn't. There isn't. I can't give you one, kiddo. <laughs> I really can't. Everyone is a brand new memory. Yeah. And I'm terrible about remembering the trails. My my buddies are, you know, they now they just get a kick out of me because I don't remember. Yeah. But I, I don't know. That part's not important to me because I know it's still going to be there and I'm going to be okay anyway. But it's the memory of going. I have a story for every one of them. I've, yeah. <laughs> and there isn't. Being with my brother was truly wonderful. Yeah. Being on the hike for Grace, finishing with Joe Fadden on Skylight, finishing with Dave on Skylight, finishing myself on Whiteface. It's just unbelievable the feeling when you're when you're there like that and it's quite an accomplishment. Um yeah. you'll 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 see when you finish. It's uh you know, I'm kinda of sentimental and I can remember finishing and I was at work one day, and all of a sudden it just kind of hit me that I finished, and I just started crying because it wasn't really a goal goal of mine. When Dave started and we did Rocky Peak Ridge Giant, the through hike, if it doesn't have a view, I'm not interested in going, he said. But we got going and then one to another and then to another, and then it's like, you know, we're just having fun, so we just kept on going. (laughs) (laughs) That's what it's all about. That's right. And we've developed a great friendship through it, and and Jim, too, I have to say. It's just been a wonderful, wonderful thing. Postcards from the Road is a production of WAMC Northeast Public Radio. I'm your host and producer, Elizabeth Hill. Our theme music is Cherry Blossom Wonders by Kevin McLeod. As always, if you like what you hear, subscribe on your audio app of choice. Visit WAMCpodcasts.org for more information. If you would like to share your travel story with WAMC, email us at postcards at WAMC.org.